All right, everyone, let's gather together. We want to get going here with our message today. Come to the Word of God. Amen. Come on in. Grab a seat. Make yourself comfortable. So glad you're all here today. Just want to welcome again everybody that is here today. If it's your first time, we're so glad you're here. You're always welcome here. And, um, and if it's not your first time here and you've been here for years, we're so glad that you're here because you are the body of Christ. So glad about what God is doing in our church. Um, and so today we have a unique and special opportunity to hear from four, plus myself, five of our, of our preachers here. And this is going to be awesome. We've got some great messages. And today what we're going to be doing is it's called a five by five. So here's the challenge for everybody. They've got five minutes to share a thought with you about one topic. That is the challenge. So I don't want to hear any buzzes at the end of five minutes. Okay, we're going to, we're going to be nice to them. They're watching the clock at the back there. But the goal is to get the message out in about five. Okay, I'm going to say about. I'm going to be gracious. About five minutes. And what I've asked them to do is share a thought on the subject of faith and perseverance. The title of our message today is Faith and Perseverance. And I've asked each one of them to kind of give us a kind of a big thought, a big idea that's going to be up on the screen up there. And then they're going to give us a scripture about their idea. And then they're going to kind of expound on that today. That's what we can anticipate this morning from each one. Are you guys excited? This is going to be awesome. It's going to move. It's going to be amazing. And I'm going to introduce everybody. I'm going to do, introduce what's going on here as we begin. Again, my name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Church. I am a diehard Canucks fan. Really excited about a 9-3 win last night. That was awesome. Against Boston, the hated Boston Bruins. They just hate it when you're watching those games and there's like, you know, half the crowd is Boston Bruins fans in there. I'm like, no. <laughs> so we got them 9-3 last night. It was awesome. And, uh, and I love good food, too. So we've talked about that as well. And I've got three beautiful children and an amazingly hot wife. She's incredible. And she's going to be speaking today as well. I can't wait to hear her. Uh, and so how this is going to work, uh, we're going to have Jansen Blackstock is going to be speaking. Larisha, um, his wife, is going to be speaking. Dr. Beverly is going to be speaking today. And Pastor Tanya is going to uh, finish it off today. But to begin with, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your presence. Thank you that you're here today, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for your word. We thank you that your word is living and active, Lord God. That it is sharper than a two-edged sword. That it divides between the soul and the spirit and discerns to the intent of the heart. God, we come into alignment with your word this morning, Lord God. And we say, come and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. As an introduction, I just want to unpack some of these ideas or begin to give you a little teaser for what you're about to hear because we're talking about the subject of faith and patience. And if you haven't grown up in the church, the word faith might sound like a little bit of a churchy word. What does faith mean? The Bible tells us that it's foundational to who we are as believers or followers of Jesus. In the book of to God, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It is foundational to our faith that we believe in God. And that is a foundational belief system that we hold. There is a God. I love how the book of Genesis doesn't try to prove his existence. It says, in the beginning, God. And we start with that premise, with that big idea that there is a God. And what is faith? Faith is simply agreeing with God. Whatever God says is what we believe. So this morning as we were singing that song and I was speaking over it, this is our warfare, we are singing, great are you Lord, that was a declaration of faith that we could choose to come into alignment with. Great are you Lord. Okay, I join my faith to that, I agree with that, I glom onto that and I say, okay, that's what I agree with. Not the circumstances that surround me, not the things that I see, but the fact that God is great. But the next thing is Perseverance. So the questions that we have today is, how do the ideas of faith and perseverance fit together? What does it look like to live out faith and perseverance? Does faith mean that we ignore the reality that surrounds us? And where does our faith come from? Ladies and gentlemen, faith and perseverance. I'd like you to welcome Jansen Blackstock. 
Perfect. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Okay, so I'm Jansen. I've been a Christian for, I'd say my whole life, but it became real to me when I was about 16. That's when I started really believing and having faith in God. It wasn't just something you learned. It was a reality to me. You know, that faith in God was very real to me. I wish I, wish I could have learned it younger, but I didn't. I wish I could have learned it from, you know, reading a book like the Bible, but it didn't just happen that way. I wish I could have learned it from my parents, who are awesome men and women of God, who have served their whole life, but I couldn't learn it that way either. For me, it had to become real, and not just a sermon, and not just something you learn. So for me, it happened when I was 16 at a youth conference out in Calgary. We drove on a bus all the way out there, had a great time, and there was this prayer time, and that's when it became real to me. So we're going to start off with some more prayer. Thank you, Pastor Matt, because more prayer is always a good thing. So let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you come into our lives and create relationships. Thank you that it's more than just Ten Commandments. Thank you that it's more than just something you learn and understand. That the believing and the relationship is there. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's start with where Matt led us, Hebrews 11. We're going to verse 1 for a great definition of faith. I'm reading from the New King James Version. So Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I love the way it's put, because define faith. Well, most people would say it's believing in something. But with this definition, it's talked about like it's tangible, with substance and evidence, that it's physically there. It's, it's not something that's imaginary. Just because we can't see it and smell it, and taste it, doesn't mean it's not there. Then the chapter goes on and tells the literal history of faith through the Bible, talking about the pillars of our faith from the very beginning. And, in the, and at the, the dawn of the history of faith, we have Cain and Abel with Abel's offering to God, that he gave his best. I actually just, I just had this moment this morning, going a little off script, sorry, Matt, <laughs> where we're sitting there, and my little guy's playing with toys, has... I used to do as a kid. I was that kid in the front row, playing from 8 a.m. till 10 a.m. till 11 a.m. till Sunday school with my mom playing piano. I was that kid in the front row coloring or whatever. And my little guy's playing with toys. And I look at it and I go, that picture of faith is to give God our best instead of giving God something. Now there's another little guy looking over his shoulder, seeing his toys, going, oh, that's pretty cool. And I, I bug my little guy. I go, hey, 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 share your toys. What? I don't. <clears throat> hey, share your toys. Huh? You got five seconds. Oh, okay. <laughs> and there's just this moment in there about us giving God our best. That just, it hit me this morning. And it comes into our faith of how at that very beginning of giving God his best, Abel did. And then it goes on to talk about Noah. Now, I love the story of Noah. He's a guy in a desert who builds a boat. If you don't believe in faith, just look at Noah. Everyone said he was crazy. Why are you building the world's biggest boat in the desert? Doesn't make sense. It's a desert. We're not going to have any rain. There's no, nothing's happening. But because God said, do this, he did. He didn't know the outcome. Maybe it, was a, maybe it was just something for him to do, and he built a boat, and it was a place to live, and the rain never came. But you still need to have that faith. And it goes through in this chapter all about Abraham and through his line and the faith of Moses about all the terrible things he went through in his life and continued through in his life. And it, all the faith that these men had as they walked forward and did what they believed they had to do for God. And then when we jump to chapter 12, after hearing all these cool stories about faith, it it, it continues on. So chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, 
we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It sounds so easy. Throw everything off and run with endurance. <laughs> Don't let anything hinder you. Just run. Just keep running. You're fine. Just... But we get ensnared so easily. I know in the past when I've read this verse, I would feel a bit deflated. Knowing that I ran for a bit and then I tripped and fell. And then I was walking for a bit because I wasn't quite running. And I slowed down. Sometimes I was crawling. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure we've all felt like that. There's times in our faith where we were sprinting and it was great. And then, hey, stepped on my shoelace. Now I'm down on the ground lying here. And then there's times when I doubt. And I'm sure it's, you've had a moment or two like that where you're going through and it kind of feels like nothing's happening and you're not growing and you're not going anywhere and you just kind of feel stuck and you doubt. There's just that, it starts creeping in. And I'm sure we've all had that time because I know I've had that time many a times. But I want to say you're not alone. We've all felt that. We've all seen it. We've all experienced it. That, do I really need to go to church this Sunday? The same thing over and over again. Sorry, Pastor Matt, it's not. Trust me, it's not. We go, we sing, we shake hands, we listen, we have some snacks, we talk to some people. Rinse, repeat. But that's not what our faith is. I've had times where I've walked through those deep, dark, low valleys, weighed down by my sin. And I've had to walk out things. Things that are terrible that I don't wish on anybody else. And there's times I've been at that mountaintop where you just know and everything is light and easy and faith just flows. Now I'm talking as faith, as our belief system, as that feeling inside of us that you can't explain, whether it's down in your guts or in your heart or somewhere in between here. Also in your mind at the same time, that belief system, that 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 believing in the intangible to become real. Those people in chapter 11, they didn't know what was going to happen when they believed. To be honest, most of them didn't actually see what was to come. For example, Moses, he didn't get to go to the promised land. They wandered to the desert for years following God, and God did miracles and provided Food out of the air, no big deal. Water out of a rock, like nothing. Things we'd be like, oh my goodness, could you imagine if I hit that speaker and water came out of it? Wouldn't make sense. But he had faith to believe and walk that out. And even in their mistakes, they still had faith and kept moving. Abraham waited till he was, you know, 90-something to have a kid. I don't want to wait that long. That's a long time. I don't want to raise a kid at 90. Having one kid and prophesied that you're going to have as many descendants as the sands on the beach. No. He had won. He didn't see it come to fruition. But he had faith the whole time. Keep moving. Don't stop. If you have to walk or run or crawl, do it. That's my favorite part of that verse is where it talks about with endurance to continue. Because your faith will grow even if you're crawling or sprinting or when you're starting to pick yourself up from tripping. Your faith will grow. Whether you're on the mountaintop and things are light and easy and the air is hard to breathe because it's really light up there, but it's awesome. It's like this, this next level thing up there. Or you're in the valley and you're just trudging through a job you don't like. And it feels like nothing's changing and you're going nowhere. Keep moving forward. 
And that's how we gain our perseverance. One foot in front of the other, step by step. To have faith, to act in faith, and to continue to move forward in faith. Even when you can't see the end and it feels impossible. Just keep moving forward. Thank you. All right. Now I'm going to introduce my better half, Larisha. Good morning, Life Church. <laughs> um, I've got some notes here just in case I get off topic. Um, you know, I'm really excited to be here this morning uh, with, uh, by Pastor Matt just to come and share a little bit um, because I, you know, I had something on my heart and um, now I get to share it with you. So um, what happened was, was we just got out of a sermon series uh, with Pastor Matt and Mike about God is greater than, you know, it was so good. There were all these different topics, and the one that I was really most excited about and I needed to hear more about was that God is greater than uh, anxiety and depression. Um, Being someone that's dealt with both of those things and knows them uh, quite well, I thought, man, I need to know more. So here I am, and I show up, and like Pastor Matt said, you know, and Pastor Mike uh, gave to us was the foundation of faith. You know, you got to have faith. This is the thing that's going to pull you out, um, and it's going to defeat anxiety and depression. And I, man, I got, I got stuck there. I camped out on that thought, like, faith. But what is that? Like, a belief? You know, what, what good is that going to do for me? Um, this belief, you know. But it turns out that that foundational belief that Jesus is who he says he is, that he came to do what he set out to do, that he is our savior, and he has reconciled us to, Christ, um, to God, you know, that foundational belief was actually quite powerful. So I've got, yes, here we go. Man, you're giving away all my fancy words. So faith, <laughs> faith isn't simply believing as I had thought and camped out on, faith is telling, speaking, and declaring, okay? So in Mark 11, uh, verse 22, Jesus uh, says, have faith in God. He's talking to his disciples. They're, they're saying, like, you curse this fig tree, you know, um, your words did that, you know. And, and Jesus, go, uh, you know, instead of addressing that specifically, he goes on to the bigger thought, have faith in God and And he answers, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. So good. You know, and you're thinking like a mountain, like a physical mountain, like what I don't, I don't understand. Just like this visual, like does the water come out of, of the speaker? Like how, how's this possible? Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing the message and hearing through the word of Christ. You know, and I did a little bit of a work back on that. You know, it says that faith comes from hearing, which implies that somebody is speaking it. You know, like who's, who's speaking it? Are you going to have someone dictating to you all day? Are, are you only going to hear the word of Christ on Sundays, you know, and... Um, Really, to me, this says that faith comes from hearing. I am going to speak the word of God. So talk to the mountain. And that verse, it reveals where to go with the foundational gift of our belief and how to step into the activated power of faith. So on a practical level, this brings me back to the idea in the midst of deep darkness, anxiety, depression, whatever it is that you're struggling with, um, how, how does faith work? How, it says to speak, but when you, how does it work? And so I put here, and I thought this was really good, toot toot, <laughs> was that um, faith will need to work, and it will need to work really hard when you're in that place. Okay? And faith, it can, it can work so hard. It is the hardest worker there is. And here is my example to you. So two years ago, I actually dealt with a mental breakdown. And it was quite a 
surreal thing. I had dealt with anxiety and depression on various levels previous to that, but nothing quite like this. It filled up the entire room. Okay. I couldn't see past it. I couldn't hear past it. I couldn't believe past it. It was my reality. So, you know, it was... What happens with mental illness is your rational thinking and your reality, it all just gets hijacked, okay? You're not, you're, not in, you're not in reality and you're not in rational thinking. And that was stolen from me. So needless to say, it was a scary and desperate place where um, there was lies and darkness. And if, if you have experienced the goodness of God, you know that lies and darkness are not true. They aren't reality and um, so I needed to connect back to that. So, so I had some dear friends walk, walk with me through this. And they reminded me that I would have to activate the power of faith. So I went back to the beginning of that sweet foundational gift of, do I believe in Jesus? Yes. Do I believe it, he is who he says he is? Yes. Did Jesus do all of this for me? Yes. And is God true and faithful? Yes. If I could answer those, I knew that there was hope. I knew that if I had that foundational faith that there was hope. So what I did was I went into my Bible and found those verses that talked about that God is greater than, he is stronger than, that he, you know, he is true and powerful. And while I can't recite them to you here, I can, I can definitely give you a list later of all those really powerful verses. But um, what happened was, Day by day, minute by minute, week by week, I would recite those verses. Like I said, minute by minute, maybe, maybe my entire day was just my only thoughts were Bible, Bible verses. It was scripture, and I would say them until they became my reality, until they began to get bigger and bigger and bigger and cloud out and demolish that mountain. And while this in and of itself this last verse isn't exactly, it doesn't have the word faith in it. And I get that. Um, I think it's really important to know that 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And I'm here to tell you that that's real. That isn't pretense. And the power of a uh, the word of God is the most powerful activation of our faith. So thank you for listening. <laughs> and I'd like to introduce to you uh, Dr. Beverly. Good morning, everybody. And um, Louisha, thank you very much for that inspiring sermon. Actually, mine is going to overlap a little bit with yours. And I want to encourage you today. Um, to walk by faith and not by facts. And I know you know the scripture verse in 2 Corinthians 5, 7 that says, walk by faith and not by sight. So I tweet that a little bit. Same thing. And I listened to Pastor Matt open the sermon with uh, uh, Hebrews eleven six, which I was going to do. I'm not going to repeat it. And that that is what God says is impossible to... Um, to, uh, it's impossible if you don't to, to how does it say to please God without faith. And I heard a renowned uh, teacher of the gospel, Dr. Charles Stanley. He put it in a simpler way, like Lucia said, and he think it's a confident conviction that God is who He say He is, and He can do what He say He can do. And I think an even simpler way of putting it is to see the promises of God with your heart rather than with your physical eyes. In other words, you may have facts about a situation. And when I look at the meaning of the word facts, it means a thing that is consistent with objective reality and can be proven. For example, you may have a lump. You may find a lump in your body. And you can measure it and you can feel it. And you can even go and have an ultrasound. It's proven fact. It is a lump. Or you may have an emotion. You may be going through hardship. And there are facts to that. But is it true? Where do we find the truth? Jesus said to those Jews in uh, Rome, uh, John, John 8, 31 to 32, he says to the Jews that believe in him, if you hold 
to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them with thy truth. Thy word is true. John 14, 16, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When Jesus said to the gathering one day, he said, Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. He was not denying the fact, but he was encouraging them to declare God's truth over their situation. And I want to share with you a moment in my life when I was confronted with that decision, either to walk by faith or to walk by the facts. Many, many years ago, I worked as an emergency room physician in a hospital in London, England. And I discovered that I developed a lump in my breast. And I went, I had the lump ultrasound, it was proven, uh, proven fact. And I was ad advised by the surgeon to have it biopsied and go through all the routine things. The same information and advice that I would give to my patients, I wasn't ready to take it for myself. So I went home. I was living with my sister at that time. And I turned on the television. I used to like to listen to the God channel at that time. I lived in England. It's called TBN, Trinity Networking Broadcast, Trinity Broadcasting Network. And when I turned on the television that night, there was a lady giving her testimony. Actually, she was the founder of that um, broadcasting network. Her name was Jan Crouch. And she was giving a testimony that she was diagnosed with colon cancer, metastasis, met, um, metastatic colon cancer, so it spread all over her body. She was actually showing us a CT scan on television, and she was given only two weeks to live. But she decided that she was going to go before God with prayer and fasting and declaring God promises over her situation and, um, and hope that God will heal her. And lo and behold, he did so. And when I went, and that was 25, she was still alive and well. When I heard that my faith was stirred up and I thought, if God can do it for her, he can do it for me. So I started praying fervently because in James 5, 16, it says, the effective fervent prayer of the righteous person availeth much. Job twenty two twenty eight it says, if you decree a thing, it shall be established unto you. So I went like you did, Larisha, and I got all the relevant scripture verses or God's promises that was relating to my situation and I wrote them down and I would declare them over myself every day how many times I remember had it stuck on my bathroom mirror on my wardrobe wherever I go so I can see them and you know the weeks turn into months turn into a year lump was still there second year come I continue lump was still there in the third year, somewhere between the third and fourth year, one day I was having a shower, and I could not find that lump. I was ecstatic. I was rejoicing. I told everybody about God's goodness. However, a couple of years later, lump uh, again, but in the other breast. And I thought, God, you're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And you do it once, you can do it again. So I, car I carried on exactly what I did the first time. I was getting a little discouraged, I must admit. And then again, one day, I was again in front of the television, and I was, I was seeing a, a, a teacher again of the gospel, and he actually has a healing school, and he actually heals people in the name of Jesus Christ. And he was telling how he had a lump on his ribcage, and he was praying, and he was fasting, and he was declaring God's promises. And uh, about one month, two months, nothing happened. In about the sixth month, he was having a shower one day, and he heard something plop on the bathroom floor. And when he looked down, it was that lump that was growing there, fell off in its entirety. And I thought, God, thank you for that testimony again. And I continue with my declarations. And you know what? Just over two years after that, the second lump also disappeared completely. It's more than six years now. And I want to, I, I just want to encourage you. Remember 2 Corinthians 4, 18 say, 
though we look not at the things that are seen, for the things that are, uh, but we, uh, we, we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen, they are temporal. But the things that are unseen are eternal. My friends, God promises are the eternal things. And those are the things we, we want to look at. And I know that you will be confronted at some point in your life with a situation where you're going to have to check, uh, think for yourself. Am I going to walk by faith or am I going to walk by the facts? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you are not a man that you should lie. And you are not human that you will change your mind. You have not spoken a thing and have not acted. And we thank you for the many blessings that we receive when we act on your promises. And we know that if we persevere in prayer and we speak in accordance with your word, we will be led forth in peace. And we will remain victorious over all our circumstances. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Awesome. Oh, I forgot to introduce Pastor Tanya. Everybody knows Pastor Tanya. That was so good. All three of you guys, so, so good. <laughs> I want to talk about how the fuel for your faith is a word from God. Now, you can see that we're all overlapping a bit, but that's awesome. That's what this is supposed to do. And you're going to get this message over and over and over and just from different perspectives. In 1 John 6, verse 63, it says, The words which I have spoken to you, Jesus speaking, the words which I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. When you hear God speak into your life, when you get a word from God, it will sustain you as you walk out this journey of life. When you get a word, when you hear the word of God, it is what is going to take you from here to here. Amen? And you've got to get a word from God. You've got to get into the word of God. You've got to hear the word of God. Um, it becomes the substance that we were talking about. I think it was Jansen that read the scripture. It becomes the substance, the thing that you can actually mm, get a hold of is when you have a word, when you know the word, both of Larisha and Dr. Uh, Beverly talked about having scriptures and words. When you have that, it becomes the very thing that you can grab onto. It becomes a substance, right? It's not just the airy fairy, and but it becomes the thing that you grab onto. And in um, Acts verse twenty-seven, and I just want to set the stage for you because we've got Paul. Paul is getting on a ship in chapter 27 in Acts, okay? And he's with a bunch of other prisoners. He's been in jail. He is, you, many of you would be familiar with the book of Acts and all the things that go on. But Paul's been in jail, and now they're going to go to Rome. And this, um, this awful journey, it's like just been a horrible journey. There's like waves and storms and like everything that can go wrong is going wrong on this journey. Then we come up into, I'm not going to read the whole chapter because I've got five minutes. And um, in verse 20 of chapter 27, it says, they gave up all hope, okay? They gave up all hope of being saved. So after various, like, shipwrecks, no, they didn't shipwreck yet, but just storms, okay? So all the people on this boat, there was prisoners and, and all this crew, they gave up because the storm was raging. And then Paul, an angel of the Lord, meets Paul right after this. So in verse 20, they're saying, we've given up all hope. We're not going to be saved. And the angel says, in verse 23, it says, and Paul is now recounting this story. So he gathers the men and women, probably on the boat, and says, I got a word. And he says in verse 23, he says, for there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord, to whom I belong and whom I serve, and saying, do not be afraid, Paul, because you must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So God's giving this, like, or not, Paul is giving this good word to these people. Like, not only am I going to be saved, guys, but all of you get to come along with me. And because the angel of the Lord told me. And then in verse um, 25, this is the one that just, like, jumped out at me. Says Paul says, therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. Okay, I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. And it's that faith. It's that like, I'm going to grab onto this word and I am going to believe it. And it is because God has spoken to me and therefore I believe it. And, and this confident assurance 
rises within you. When you have heard the word of God, whether you've read a word of God, there's this confidence, this God confidence that rises up. You're like, don't mess with me because I believe because God has spoken. Amen. God has spoken and I know, but I know, and I'm going to stand on that. And God will do what he said he will do. And don't you want that kind of faith church? That kind of faith that says, uh-uh, uh-uh. What I see, the facts that Dr. Beverly was talking about, what I see There's this mountain that Larisha was talking about that's like just clouding all of my view. But no, I will not believe. I will not believe that this is my reality forever because my God has said differently. You know, I have this confident assurance and it comes from hearing the word of God. Now, that begs the question, how do I get a word from a God? You may ask, how do we get these words from God? Now, it's two women before me talked about it. You know, they got into the word. Okay, and I want to bring you into Exodus 33, and Jansen talked about Moses as well. See, we're just all covering it. Now, if I can just find it. And I love Moses. Moses had this intimacy with the Lord, and that's what I want to kind of camp out on because we say, okay, well, how do I get these words from God? How do I get this confident assurance? I want that. I want that in my life, this confident assurance And I believe, church, that it begins with your and my relationship with the Lord. It begins with our intimacy with God. If you're in the word of God, if you're in the presence of God, you will be able to, you're in that posture that you will hear from him. And it takes that. You need to put yourself in the word. You need to make the time. And then that is when you will hear him. And there's different words here. Now, in Greek words, there's the logos word. Now, if you have been in church you will be familiar with these, but the Logos, Logos word of God is the written word of God, okay? Our word of God. And then there is a rhema word of God. It's when you are reading this word of God and all of a sudden something just pops out at you and you're like, oh my goodness, that is like for me. That scripture is like right into my situation. That is speaking to me. And it just, it's like it pops out and it becomes enlightened. And the Holy Spirit quickens it in your spirit. And then that could become your scripture that you can tape on your mirror or you can declare because you've gotten a rhema word from the Lord that has come out of being in the word of God. Amen. We just get in the word. And so that can happen. And also you can hear prophecy. We've just had in the last month, uh, pastor Charlie sweet come to the church and he prophesied over us. That is also a form of getting a word from God. And you can hold on to that. You can type it out. You can read it out. You can listen to it over and over again. Matt and I have done that so many times in our lives and you can hold on to that word that was prophesied over your life until you see it come to be. And it can be that, um, that weapon that you can use that to fight against the enemy when he comes to bring lies and he tries to convince you that, no, 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 that's never going to happen. It's been four years. It's been five years. It's been 10 years. And, and, but you can hold on to that word that was prophesied. So we've got all these words. We've got the Logos word of God. We've got the Rhema word of God where it's a scripture comes out to you and you just say, I'm taking that one. That's mine. And I'm going to grab onto that. I mean, all of these can be yours, but the rhema. And you can have a prophesied word of God by somebody or a prophet, or and then you can hold on to that as well. And you can just get into the word of God, just like these women do, and just write out scriptures that apply to your situation and just get them all into your head and all over your life and your car and your mirrors and your walls and your phones, everywhere. So there's all these ways. But where it all comes from is that you have got to get serious. I have got to get serious about getting into the presence of God and and really fighting and contending for that because we all know that there are a million things contending for our attention and our time today. So many things. So that brings me back to Exodus 33 with Moses, a man of God. And he is God, he's leading the people of God. And in this, you need to read chapter 33, camp out on it in Exodus 33, because uh, I can't do that today with you, but I can just highlight a few things. But I love the relationship that Moses has with the Lord and the intimacy that he has. And it says in verse 7 that Moses would, took his tent and he pitched it outside of the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And I, right there, he took himself away from the distractions, from the people. And then he pitched his tent and he made a place and he declared it his place of meeting with God. That is a word for us this morning. Get serious. 
get into the, your secret place with the Lord and just, and make it a routine in your life because that is the first way that you're going to build your relationship, that I'm going to build my relationship with the Lord is by being serious and getting outside of the camp, getting outside of the distractions that are in our life. And it says that all the people in the camp would come out and watch as a cloud hovered over that place, that tabernacle of meeting where Moses and the Lord, and it says, get this, it's so beautiful. In verse 9, it said, the, the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of that tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at that tabernacle door, and all the people rose and they worshiped each man at his own tent door. Verse 11 So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp after he had had this beautiful, intimate relationship, dialogue with the Lord. They just talked face to face, friend to friend, and that was Moses and the Lord. And there's also this little nugget that's in here that I just love, and he has Joshua, his servant, his young servant, Moses' young servant, says a young man. And he did not depart when Moses would, and he stayed, and he lingered. And I love that. And that's, that would preach. That'd be, you got this young man just staying after Moses has had his time with the Lord, and you've got Joshua sitting there. And, we, Josh, and there's a whole other story of what happens with Joshua. But he lingered in the presence of God. And, what I, and, and then verse, or chapter 33 goes on, and many of you would be familiar with this, but this, this conversation that goes on with Moses and the Lord, and he said, I don't want to go anywhere with these people unless you go with us, unless your presence comes with us, Lord. I don't want to go. I'm not leaving. We need your presence. Show us your glory, Lord. We need you. And it's this cry, this desperate cry, like, I'm not moving. I'm not going forward until you're with us. And it's just this beautiful example of a vibrant relationship with the Lord that I know I desire. And church, don't you desire that relationship where you can just get away from the distractions and pitch your tent and pit and say, this is my tent of meeting. This is my place where I'm going to meet with the Lord. And I need to hear from you, Lord Jesus, because my current situation looks like this. I am facing this in my marriage. I am facing this at work. My children are doing this. God help me. And if you get a word from the Lord, then that is what you, that's a substance that you can grab onto and you can declare it until you see. And then you can be like Paul in that ship, in the raging uh, storms all around. He can say, don't worry, because I believe that what God said will happen because I have heard from the Lord. And obviously, Matt and I, this is very, very um, fresh in our lives right now because just as many of you know, uh, we just moved over here in September and we had been at a church for 23 years. We got married. We met there, fell in love there, had our babies there, raised our children the first part of their lives there. And that was all they knew, all we knew. And, and so kind of our lives were grounded in this church as we led and served there. And then we get a word from the Lord. Reminding our own business, doing our own thing, loving Jesus, serving Jesus, really not wanting to go anywhere. I said this so many times. I'm like, I just want to raise my kids and see my grandkids up in this church, and I'm just going to pour my heart into this church. And then God speaks. And you know what? When God speaks, and he actually spoke, and many of you have heard that story. If you haven't, you can go in the archives on the website, and you can hear our story of how God brought us here, because it's an awesome story. It's a God story. And... Um, And when he speaks in many ways that he got our attention, you have a choice. And we chose to obey. And I'm telling you, in that year, all last year, there were so many times that that transition and that heart, like having to go to our pastor, having to go to the leaders, all the people that we had been like laying down our lives and investing our lives for this church, but it was all for the kingdom of God. So that's why it doesn't make this so hard because we're all got the same goal in mind. But it was in the natural, and in, in just in the time, it was really hard to dig up and make this big decision, okay, and then tell our kids, and guess what, guys, everything you know, we're going to change it all. And, and um, But you know what? When you have heard, and I was thinking this, when I read that scripture that Paul said, I believe God will do what he said he would do. And I just thought, you know what, that's so true. That was like our anthem last year, and I want it to be the anthem for all of my life. That's why I'm speaking on this, is because the fuel for our faith last year when God called us here to Life Church, and we had to go through 
hard times and hurt times and we had to grieve for a little bit and all of the things. And you all have situations like that in your life. When God asks you to do something or there's something icky in your life or just something that you just want to like pass on through. And, but if you can get a word from the Lord and so many times I would just have to say, but God, you called us there, you said, and I trust you. And I know that you will do what you said you would do. And I know that your plans are for good and not for bad. And I just kept declaring that over and over again. And you will take care of my kids, even though I'm worried about them. But I know that if you've spoken and you have spoken, that you'll take care of the rest. And so I trust in the word of God. And that will be my fuel. That will be my substance. And I just pray that over us as a church, that we would be um, a people that would just be so fueled by the word of God that I need to get a word from the Lord. We need to hear from the Lord for this church. Where does God want us to do here in this place? We need to hear from God. It's not just the pastors. It's the church, the family of God. We need to get a word from the Lord in our personal lives, and that's going to be the overflow in our church. And it is good, and God is good. I'm glad I got to go next to give me an excuse to give a standing ovation to that. That was awesome. Pastor Graham, could you come up, grab the keys? I'm just going to summarize and close this morning. So what did we learn this morning? So good. Can we just give them all another hand? That was just so good. That was awesome, you guys. We know that faith, practically speaking, is often in just continuing to move forward even when we don't feel like it. Perseverance means that we keep going. We don't stop. The Bible says when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. And so we stand. And sometimes that means getting yourself out of bed on a Sunday morning and saying, I'm going to church this morning. I'm just going to make a decision. It's very, very practical. (laughs) I don't feel like it today. Faith is declaring the word of God. And choosing to see that which we do not see in the natural Choosing to see what God has said as more real than the reality that we know. Faith is the greater reality. And faith is fueled by the word of God. Okay, it's not just some whim and fancy. It's not just some great idea. Oh, somewhere over the rainbow. It's all going to work out. And my life's going to be great. No, 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 no. It's substance. It's the word of God. Faith. Is agreeing with God. But in order to agree with him. You have to first know him. So I wonder this morning as we close. If there's anyone here this morning that says I don't know this God yet. But I want to know him. You see we begin our faith with a foundational belief system. And that is this, that there is a God. This is a rational and reasonable, intelligent belief. There is a God. And this is what the Bible says. It says, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, that is a word from God. And now today, you can choose to agree with that word by faith. So I'd like to ask you, wherever you are today, just, just, let's just close our eyes for a moment. Let's just bow our heads. And if you're here today and you say, Matt, I want to start that journey. And I want to make a decision in my life today to know him and to seek him. Maybe you're carrying a burden today that is too heavy for you. And God says, you you don't have to carry it alone because I'm here. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you're here today and you say, Matt, I don't know him, but I want to know him today. If that's you, wherever you are, you've never invited Jesus. You've never invited God to come into your life before. And today you say, I want to make a step towards him. Wherever you are, every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you just to raise up your hand by faith. God, I choose to believe you today. I choose to believe in you. Is there anyone here? Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Now for the rest of, yes. 
this morning as an act of faith. I'd like us just to stand up one more time. And let's just close with a song. Singing, great are you, Lord. Come on, let's sing this. It's your breath. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. Great are you, Lord. So great are you, Lord. Yes, so great are you, Lord. So great are you, Lord. Oh, so great, so great are you, Lord. So great are you, Lord. You are great, Lord. One more time. We sing great are you, Lord. So great are you, Lord. So, Father, today we declare your greatness, that you are great and greatly to be praised, that there is no one like you, that you are greater than any circumstance that surrounds us. You are greater than what we see. You are greater than we hope or imagine. God, you are greater. And we put our trust and our faith in you. And we pray that you would go with us this week, throughout our week, Lord God, that we would practically choose to put you first and to declare your greatness. We love you, Lord. Bless each one here today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to let you know that if you need prayer this morning, we're going to have a prayer team up here on either side of of the stage. You're welcome to come up and receive prayer this morning if you'd like to experience that greatness. And just want to say have a great week, everyone. There's coffee in the back and snacks. And uh, let's go together and, and spend time with each other. And have an amazing week. Be blessed. Amen.